it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for Seminal Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminal Headlines is underway in the new year. Great to be with you. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff. Ira on the other side of the glass. Corey in Atlanta. Happy New Year, boys. How the heck are you? Oh, Ira's not on. Maybe he's number three. Try again, hey, Ira. Alan, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I, I can hear you just fine. Ira, try again. I'm great. Nah, I figured it out over here, buddy. I would be better if Corey was here in the A50, but it's it's nice to just see him on the video. He's oh, here. Sweet, Ira. I appreciate yeah. that. That was very loving right out the gates. Well, we got a lot of love to give we after, uh, after the year we got to have, man. We do, we do, and we'll get underway with the expression of said love here in just mere moments. First, we have to celebrate our friends at Register Sausage as we get the new year started, and what a new year it is as Yay Sausage had a big promo code. All the good stuff has been going on with those guys. They're saving people money left and right because of all these FSU wins. We maybe should have done a unison Yay Sausage for this season, mm. a 10-3 season that no one could have ever predicted, Corey. No, we're, we saved that for national championships. It's like hour number two. We the bar has been raised now. Corey, do you have the mic on that headset on? Like it looks nope. good. It looks great, but it doesn't work. Yeah, oh, that's... I've been trying for the last twenty four hours. It does not work, but uh, you can still hear me, right? That's all. Yeah, you sound like yes. You sound like yes. It's gonna. We're gonna have to go ahead and get you a working mic. Um, I have one. It's in Tallahassee. But what what happened to that one? It's in Tallahassee. It the, the, the one the, the one that's on your head that you're talking buddy, into. Buddy, for 24 hours, I've been trying to get this mic to work. I had Tom Lang. We, we tried to go through it for an hour. Aslan had tried to do it. It does not. The computer will not recognize this mic. So, All right. Well, just don't, see, just don't talk a lot. I can see uh, Ira's disgust. He's like, here we go. We're starting the new year this way. This you know who, my man does. You, you know who never fails to disappoint, however? Mm. Register Sausage. You said Not to disappoint. You said it wrong. Who would never disappoint? Yeah, yeah. He never man, fails I, to satisfy. Come on, man. guys. Let's well, it's, not, it's not me that never... Yeah. Disappoint. Yeah. It's registers. I I do never <laughs> fail to disappoint. Yeah, exactly. Registermeats.com is the website. If you want your uh, delicious, start the year right with some andouille. Yeah. yeah. I actually, um, at the uh, I think it was at the meet and greet when we were over there in Orlando. Mm. Uh, somebody else. Oh, no, it actually was when Eslin and I were driving back. We ran into a, a Florida State fan at the uh, at, a, at a Chick-fil-A on the way back from Orlando. And uh, he was like, listen, man, I live in Tallahassee. And I've tried a couple of Publixes that don't have oh, that's not true. the Andouille. This person's but lying. He, he might be on another side of town. So I told him, I was like, you got to go to the one on Thomasville Road. They definitely have it. They definitely have it. Mm -hmm. An ample supply. And you get Dungeon. not just the Andouille, but uh, 
<laughs> and I'm going to lean into the mispronunciation. <laughs> mm. uh, but you can get the uh, cheddar jalapeno, the the normal one, the short links. They got every uh, variety you want. Or if you are outside of the area, registermeats.com. There it is. They'll deliver it to you. It's fitting, guys, that uh, we bring this up. We always do to start the show. We want to thank our many sponsors. But uh, one of my New Year's resolutions was to, to cook more this year. I want to do right. more cooking at the house for the family. Uh, I, I've, I've, st- I've taken a liking to it in the last year. And I'm getting kind of, guys, I'm getting kind of good at cooking. Grilling or just no, cooking? No, no, like legit cooking uh, uh, in uh, I, in uh, the kitchen, cooking as well. well. I've always been able to grill. I mean, I am a man. But right. the, the but the other <laughs> stuff, yes. I mean, that, I'm adding to the repertoire, and so this is perfect. Do you maybe feel a like... a risotto? You like to do a little risotto, maybe? Soon, Corey. I'll make it and bring it in for Seminole Headlines. We'll get after it. Do you feel like most people either have a knack for cooking or don't have a knack for cooking? I think that I'm about to... Uh, Put that to rest, buddy. I never had a knack. I oh, wasn't any okay. good. And now, you know, it's amazing if you read the instructions. My dad used to yeah. tell me that. And I just said, oh, nonsense. Who's got time for instructions? But if you actually read the instructions, even like let's say you go to a to a market and they give you, uh, let's say you bunch of, buy a bunch of meat or whatever you buy, right? You know the cooking instructions are right there on the thing that, you know. If you follow that to a T, you really won't screw it up. It's not that hard. Sometimes uh, in our household, <laughs> I won't say who. Somebody in our household who prepares meals on occasion, mm. unnamed, mm. sometimes if we don't have an ingredient, we'll substitute another Just ingredient. Just make it up. Make it up. And that success rate isn't super high. Mm. Well. But we still love that person. You know, I have. With a, all of our heart. Well, they don't listen to the podcast, so you're lucky. <laughs> that's, that's you're lucky. Good point. Man, you, are absolutely, you can say whatever. <laughs> yeah. Kim. You'd be like, She's it's a disaster when Kim decides that. to substitute ingredients. You could just say yeah. it. It'll be all right. It won't get back to her. <laughs> you know, the key to substituting ingredients, no matter what you're missing out on, if you have to substitute it, you do so with butter. <laughs> just throw in some more butter. You're good at that yeah. point. No matter what it is, you could be like, oh, it needs more salt. We're out of salt. Throw in some butter. And it, it works just fine. Everything will be all right. So just so you know, that that's where we're at. Uh, a lot to be thankful for, a lot to be excited about. This is going to be, Corey and Ira, I said to Tom yesterday, because I could feel it already within myself, uh, an interminable offseason. Although, spring football is only a couple months away. Because I think, collectively, the fan base is going to be as excited for this next version of Florida State football as they've been since going back to before the 2012 season. Like I think, I think people feel like we're on the cusp of being really, really good at football. You could say they might actually already be there. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, if you think back about it, that LSU win just gets prettier and prettier. And I know better it, and better. it was their first it was their first game, granted. But Florida State was pretty dominant in that game. They they could have won that game going away. Corey wrote uh his piece, ten key moments or ten big plays, ten biggest plays of the 2022 season. People can read it at warchant.com if you're a subscriber. Mm-hmm. Um and one of the you know plays was the you know talking about the, the block kick, it was one of the top. I'm not going to say it was the t- number one. Corey, Did you I'm have not it number one, Corey? We're not giving it away. We're not giving it away. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> it's in the top ten. But um, but you, you forget about the fact that they, you know, if they don't fumble the toss, they win that game going away. Yes. And at the end, you know, you felt like it's, oh, man, they held on. They did hold on for dear life. But it could have been a two-touchdown win. It's funny. We could talk about that game, and we will for many years, because – if they go for two there, I think Florida State loses one. Two, if they don't fumble down there, they win going away. So the extremes are right there in front of you. And then also, I think it was potentially, and it didn't happen, so we can say it now, 
it was potentially going to be a devastating loss for Mike Norvell and the future of this program. I really right. believe you can hone down to that game and say if they if they threw that away after dominating for much of the contest and found a way to lose that game, I don't know, man. I don't know if they end up having a really great season like they ended right. up having. I mean, they're still rot with doubt at that point. They still would not have gotten over the hump. And there were a lot of mistakes made late in that game, which would cause all the more uh, angst amongst the fan base about the staff. That's why I had that play. I'm not going to say where it was ranked. But it was very high. But it was very high on the list, that, that block kick, because I think it changed the whole course of the season. I just think... You, you start to go, if they lose that game, the way they would have lost that game, it would have been Jacksonville State painful. And then you're, you're like, okay, you, nobody believes in this coach. The players might start not believing themselves. Instead, they got one of the biggest wins of their careers, all of them collectively, and felt good about themselves. And that started, uh, that was the first or the second, I guess, of 10 wins. It was a huge, huge moment. I think it was a huge moment, and it's it's fun to reflect after you go 10-3 and three because there are a lot of great moments a lot of moments. Uh, there's some frustrating ones. There are some upsetting ones. There are some moments where you get uh, aggravated by what could have been. But in the end, uh, if you take the totality of a season and understand that some things are going to bounce your way and some things aren't, this is a really satisfying season for all of the telltale signs that suggest of what's to come, right? You found ways, even in losses, you know, there were moments where you thought, oh, man, this is very different from a year ago. They weren't the same types of losses. And then in wins, uh, you saw moments of pure domination seven different times this year where they just absolutely throttled a lesser-than opponent, which Florida State hasn't done in the better part of six years. So all of a sudden, you're looking at a team where you're like, the evidence is all around us that things have been ratcheted up to a whole new level. And that's what I mean. You come into this offseason now, and you're like, I think they're good with a chance to be really good, and we can't get to these games soon enough. But at the same time, I would say this. This will also be an interesting buildup to spring because we're going to have real competition across the board. Segment group after segment group, guys, where we don't know who's the starter. Right. And when you have like a, a, a depth of competitive balance among segment groups, whoo, those practices become a lot of fun because now, now guys are fighting for real playing time on a good football team. Yeah, and I think we started to see that this year. You know, we got the first signs of that this season after, you know, really the last couple of years, man, it was whoever was – they didn't have any options. You know, whoever they were going with, you know, based on who was a returning starter, who was had the most ability, that guy had to play. They just didn't have any other options. This year they had some more options, and it's going to continue the next year. And I think particularly on the defensive side of the ball – you know, there's been a lot of questions about how good this defense really was. Was it good or was it not? And a lot of the questions were about, okay, yeah, you were dominant, but against some bad offenses or teams that didn't have great quarterbacks, and that's fair. But it, it has been a long time since Florida State has looked like that against teams with average passing games or average quarterbacks mm -hmm. or below average quarterbacks. They dominated those teams, and that's, that's a big difference from where they've been for a long time. Now, yeah, you'd like to be a defense that – can shut down even really good offenses. We can debate whether or not how often that actually happens in college football, but the fact that they were dominating average to below average offenses, and then you look at what they've got coming back next year, I mean, it's basically, I mean, it's 90 to 95%. We'll see what happens with Jared Verse this week, but we're talking about 90 to 95 year defense coming back, plus the, brings you, the guys you're bringing in through the portal, this defense should take another step up. Well, think about uh, Cypress and Fisk. Yeah. coming in and what they do to your defense. Your defense, especially if Jared Burst comes back, your defense is world. It's going to be better than it was this year, substantially. 
you think about Cyprus is probably going to start, right? Uh, one yes. would believe so, yes. yes. Well, but Renardo Green and Jarian Jones were good at the end of the season. Azaria Thomas is coming along. That's a lot of talent at corner all of a sudden where you talk about competitive depth. That's exactly what you have there. Maybe you move somebody to safety if you can't go get a safety right. in the portal. But you have options now because you have some depth in the secondary. You lost a really good one in Jamie Robinson, but you brought in the best defensive back in the portal. You brought in the best defensive lineman in the portal. That's bigger than signing, in my opinion, for 2023. That's bigger than signing the number one defensive lineman in the country that's coming out of high school. You got a kid that ready is ready-made going to start for you at two different positions. You know what they are. That's huge for a team that has – let's be honest, man. Right now, as we talk on January 3rd, this team has championship aspirations, and that's not crazy. Yeah, I yeah. think that I think that where they should start and the focus should be because if you happen to do this and achieve this, then you'll be in the mix. Uh, you got to you got to vanquish Clemson. You got to win the ACC. I mean that that's you got to do that first. You know, I mean, yeah, ultimately you'd like to win a national championship. Maybe you run into it along the way, but you got you got to win the ACC. And they still haven't done that, and it's been a long time. And they've lost a gazillion in a row to Clemson. And so it's even though I think there is overwhelming evidence. Ira, I know you wrote about it. In three, two, one. I agree with you. I think Florida State will be uh, the favorite in the minds of many to win the ACC uh, going into next season. But they still got to do it. And you know, at this point, you look at Clemson and you see a lot of chinks in the armor. They, they don't look nearly as talented. You're seeing a. Uh, you look at just look at that receiving core. There's nothing special about what they have at wide receiver right now. And you look around that team, and it seems a little disjointed. Something's not quite right. Florida State seems ready to pounce, but I get it. If I'm somebody that's not a Florida State fan, I'm like, well, slow your roll, guys. You didn't even win the damn conference, and you still haven't beaten Clemson in like eight years. So let's settle down. And fine, that's fine. That's a fair take to have. But I also know from the Florida State perspective, there's blood in the water, and everybody senses it. Tom and I talked about this last night on the Smash, and I wanted to get your guys' take. You know, we 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 talked at the time about how we didn't understand why people in the national media kept kind of hyping up Florida State in the last few years under Jimbo Fisher. Like, we saw... You could see they were in trouble. That this program was not in the... In the I mean, they were number three in the country yeah. for that, the GOAT game against Alabama, and none of us thought that they were one of the three or four or maybe ten best teams in the country, but that's where they were ranked. Do you think that's happening now where we, maybe, and other people, probably less us, but other people are still perceiving Clemson the way they have been and going into the season, is that still going to be the perception, even though maybe they are kind of going down that slide? 100%. I believe you it, Corey. So? Yeah, here's why. Here's why. I, 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 yes, people see that Clemson is not the juggernaut that they were, yeah. but they don't perceive that Florida State has surpassed Clemson just yet. And 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 listen, Clemson just won in Tallahassee. So as good a season as Florida State had, they did lose to Clemson again, and that wasn't a good Clemson team. And so uh, not a great Clemson team for sure. So I think the national media is always a year behind what's about to happen. And it's understandable. They don't have a guy on the ground here that is reporting to them on a daily basis about the eroding culture or the emerging culture of something that's better. We watched it happen with Jimbo when he got here and he recruited grown-ass men and how quickly we believe, those of us covering the program, that things had shifted. I remember before the 12, 2012 season going into that thinking, well, they could win a national championship. Turns out we were a year off and whatever it might be. But we knew that things had begun to change player for player, segment for segment group to an elite level because of recruiting. You didn't hear people nationally saying Florida State's going to win the national championship. And even people, I mean, listen, I don't want to bring up Heather Dinich again, who's 
famous article is in the minds of many. But I mean, a lot of people, I think, shared that sentiment. Like, oh, they're not close. They're, they're good enough to win an Orange Bowl against a bad Northern Illinois team, whatever. But people didn't think they were close. But we knew they were close. And I think people here are believing Florida State's very close to something special. Now, we can get into the argument, because I think it's nuanced, how close they are to winning a national title as opposed to winning the ACC and being in the playoff. And that that's there is nuance. There's fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, that's fun. I mean, obviously, if TCU can get there, I feel like Florida State's pretty close to being able to get there if things bounce right. Do I think Florida State would beat Georgia or compete to, with Georgia the way that Ohio State did the other night? No, I don't. But I think they're not far off. So it's just that's what this upcoming season is going to be about. Like, how close are you to entering your name in the hat to win a national title? Yeah, and I think a lot of it, too, though, is Clemson lost two of their last three games, uh, one to a pretty pedestrian, not a great South Carolina team. That Tennessee team didn't even have their starting quarterback. And kind or, of pushed or the best around, receiver in the country. And kind of pushed Clemson around. Um, Clemson's not special on offense. And I think what Clemson fans, some angst they might feel, is their head coach is so against the portal. Meanwhile, everybody around him is stockpiling portal talent, including their biggest rival in the conference. And next year, I think there's a very good argument to make, depending on how this thing shakes out in the next two weeks with the portal and and decisions to be made about guys coming back, Florida State will have a more talented roster than Clemson, certainly a more proven roster than Clemson. And And Jeff's right. Like, I think that's the next step. I said it on Wake Up War Chant. Get to Charlotte. That's that's the floor for next year, in my opinion, to make it a successful season. You want to win in Charlotte, sure. Get there again. And the, with the divisions not being set up anymore, you can lose at Death Valley because that's a tough place to play. We all get it. If you take care of business the rest of the way, you'll see them again. Get to Charlotte and have a chance to play for the ACC championship. Yeah, on the one hand, it, it I kind of hate this part of the process where you 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 have to make that step where you, you have do, to yeah. you have yeah. to make that with the statement that Corey just made that if you don't go to Charlotte it's a disappointment that seems seems harsh when you look at where we were what we were thinking 5 months ago but at the same time you've got Jordan Travis coming back and yeah. you know we just put up a story on the website FSU pointed it out he's got the highest PFF grade of any quarterback in Power 5 football uh, there's only one quarterback in the sport that has a higher grade, and it's a guy at Ohio. But in the Power Five, Jordan Travis has a better grade than all of those great Bryce and Caleb and all these great quarterbacks. Jordan had a better year. Regardless of whether he's better, in your own opinion, you have an elite college quarterback. Yes, you, do. you have a ton of guys coming back. Yeah, you got to get it done. This is, it's, it's, man, you got to throw it on the table this year. Welcome to the world of expectations. It changes when you have some success. Everything does, but I repeat it all the time. You're not a victim of your success. Those ratcheted up expectations are valid when you prove on the field that you have a viable product that can go win football games. And you go by position, they're better across the board than they were Going into this upcoming, this last season. I mean, they get Fabian Lovett back. They add the number one defensive tackle in the portal. I think they're going to get the good news that Jared Verse is coming back. They already cleaned up with all the other guys that we've documented on Warchant.com and all of our videos and write-ups and daily conversations about each of the guys they've added through the portal that are going to be plug-and-play players that we know can play at a high level. I also think they just upgraded their staff yesterday by getting rid of Woodson, who I've talked about for weeks on end needing to go. This is this is going to be a, a very different kind of year for Mike Norvell and his coaching staff because now they're going to go into a season not with the, well, maybe you're pretty good. Let's prove it. Let's see what you got. We know you're good. 
Don't be losing to teams you shouldn't lose. Now, now there's real pressure. Like, you can't yeah. slip up against teams you're going to be favored against. And, oh, by the way, Florida State was not a favorite against Wake Forest. They were not a favorite against Clemson. You know, they, they, they lost those games that they were kind of supposed to lose. Now you're going to be favored in those games. You're going to be favored over Wake Forest. You're going to be favored over the vast majority of the teams you face this year. The only time that I can really foresee you being a definitive underdog is on the road against Clemson. It's up in the air with Florida. We'll see what kind of team they have when that game is played late in the LSU. year. Up in the air with LSU because people are going to think highly of LSU and Florida State going into next year, and the game is over in Orlando. It's a virtual that home might, game. Boys, I, I'll be honest. That might be the greatest opener of all time. Coming <laughs> the, up. the GOAT, too. The GOAT <laughs> the number goat two. two. Yeah, we'll be there, buddy. We'll, we'll be there. back at the Harry Buffalo, mm, having a good old time, time. Didn't we? We did. We, we'll come back and talk about that very briefly here in a moment. It is Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system we're offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Get to some questions you guys have been asking, Tom. Obviously, your incessant need to find out about Adam Fuller is noted. Uh, we will, at some point, be able to give you that answer. Uh, it was erroneously reported that Woodson's contract was up at the end of this year. It was not. Uh, and so I can tell you that that was a fallacy. And then secondly, uh, we do not know, uh, but have requested. So we will find out. I, I know your obsession uh, knows no bounds, but uh, we, we are efforting at this point. Anything to add to that, Ira? <laughs> no. So the way it works is when coaches get extensions throughout their time, uh, you know, the schools don't announce, hey, we're, we're giving somebody an extension. A lot of times we find out later when we put in a request. Um, Adam Fuller's original contract was three years. It expires. That part expired, but they may have given them an extension. We've requested that. We're trying to see. Um, for example, as you said, there were people that reported there were, you know, that Marcus Woodson was out of contract. His contract was up after December 31st. That was not true. He still had another, from what we were told, he had another year on his contract. So the case, you know, again, so we're trying to find out exactly. Yeah, those extensions can happen and yeah. not necessarily be common knowledge for anybody covering the program. There have been if a lot of inquired there, about. Yeah, there have been a lot of times through the years where 
somebody got extended. We didn't know about it until after the fact because you just didn't ask. And they, they're not going to announce it until you ask. Yeah. They only announce head coaches, right? right? Yeah. And you have now requested that information. So we will we will find it out as, as soon as we can. Uh, now, now back to uh, the, the point that was brought up by a live spectator, I believe, in here. And I've said this a lot lately, but it's fun when expectations are ratcheted up. And it's also fun when stability is achieved. And so for Florida State, this 10-3 and three season – uh, enabled them to arrive on a stable platform going into this offseason where you could you could have different kinds of conversations with kids about the viability and longevity of your head coach and what's going to happen from this point forward. And it also invites you to be able to have conversations if you're looking to upgrade your staff with different coaches around the country. I mean, if you desire to do so, I don't know if this may be the only move. Maybe they make multiple moves. We'll see. Mike will be the one who decides that. But now you can have a guy, you can sit across from a guy and know that, uh, you know, you, you can offer up a job and he's not worried about whether or not you're going to be there. He knows. I mean, Mike Norvell's not going anywhere. They just won 10 games. He's going to get, I'm sure, probably extended and that'll be announced and all that good stuff. So there's real stability here. And at that point, if you're a defensive backs coach or any other coach, man, it's exciting to work at Florida State when they're operating at peak efficiency. When you've got an investment from the university, the athletic department, the fan base, and the head coach, and now all of a sudden the players have been upgraded, you can't wait to work at Florida State because it's one of the truly special destination jobs in all of college football. It's got to be attractive, right? You I think? mean, you know, not just because it's Florida State, but Mike Norvell, he's a, a coach that lets his coaches coach. You know, there, there are some head coaches and who talk. He lets them yes, talk. He lets yeah. them, yeah, he lets them uh, speak to the media. He doesn't keep them under wraps. Um, but he also lets them coach, you know, and he's an active head coach in the sense that he goes from position to position. And he'll watch things and he'll offer input. But it's not like he's, you know, he was a wide receiver. And I think there was a perception, I had a perception, that as a guy who played wide receiver in college, that he might micromanage Ron Dugans. He doesn't do that. I mean, he'll walk around and say things here or there just like he does to every other position. Um, but you know, I think that's got to be attractive as well. And the fact that you're, you know, you do have security now and you have an administration that is ponying up more money yeah. for its support staff. This well, isn't, this isn't the perception of Florida state that people had a few years ago. Florida state's always had one of the higher paid football coaching staffs, but, but they've even increased that in t- terms of support. I'll get to see Chan in just a moment, but don't forget to add, you have a viable collective that is right. helping you in your endeavor to get these kids out of the portal and to retain roster spots for, uh, you know, obviously very valued football players. So you now have your NIL in order in a way that you didn't in a, about a year ago or a year and a half ago. Uh, to go along with that investment from the university and the athletic department, you have what is right now certainly perceived to be a very popular uh, and successful early on athletic director in place who has real autonomy and power, unlike your previous athletic directors, uh, as we well know, the rearrangement that was previous. And now you have success on the field. So it all adds up to Florida State moving in the right direction. And that's why those expectations will be what they are. I mean, it, it's going to be that you got to win a lot of games. Z-Chan writes, uh, Jeff, in all of your conversations with Norvell about Woodson, did you let him know who you wanted to replace him with? Just kidding, but who do we target? You know, it's funny. I brought this up with Ira yesterday, and no, Norvell did not consult me. Clearly, he agreed with me, though. Uh, but, 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 but uh, he did not consult me. And that's fine. Mike, you go ahead and hire who you want to hire. I'm just here to point out on your staff who's doing a good job and who isn't. Uh, and, and as long as we have that kind of working relationship, we're going to be all right. But uh, I don't know. There are a lot of candidates because, again, this is a viable job. And there are a lot of guys that have had success 
in the Southeast in the world of recruiting. And, you know, I'm talking about high school ranks as well as success on the field. I would think, just to guess, that you, the, the area where you want to see an uptick in success is retaining elite talent in the state of Florida. You've got to beat out Florida and Miami moving forward for the elite talent in this talent-rich state. So go get you a guy that can really recruit in the Southeast, in particular if he's out there, the state of Florida. That would be what I'm guessing they would hyper-focus on. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And I think, look, I mean, the, the reality is if, if Adam Fuller is still the defensive coordinator, I don't know that a position coach change – you know, is going to change dramatically what they do. Now, I think Randy Shannon provided has provided some other thoughts on on what they do defensively as as co defensive coordinator, and I think that's helped. And I think they work well together. I don't know the cornerback is a position that's has a great impact on scheme. Obviously, they can be a better teacher. Maybe you can find somebody who's a better teacher. Might be able to teach zone. <laughs> well, again, I think that all works together. Yeah, uh, but I don't think you're going to see a dramatic difference if that's the only change on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know that you're going to see a dramatic difference in how they play. I thought their corners played pretty well. I mean, for for all things considered, I thought their corners played pretty well. I you know you didn't see the busts. You you know I think they tackled pretty well. Renardo Green's a really physical tackler. I think Jarian Jones made a lot of improvements this year. Um, but I think recruiting is the big thing. I mean, you they do need to get more high quality defensive backs in this program. And, and not always out of the portal. I, I right, think it has to be out right. of the high school ranks. This is where you can raise your level across the board. They're already elite in the portal. We got that covered, guys. We got that covered. And by yeah. the way, I hear Adam Fuller is a big part of why they're elite in the portal, and I don't, I don't disbelieve that. I've had good conversations with him about that subject. And my, but my point is, it's I don't know that it's – everybody focuses on scheme. Like, you, you, you're not happy with your offense or your defense, and everybody wants to focus on the play calls and the scheme. I don't think they're going to change a ton scheme-wise – I think you know it's getting better players. I mean, Corey and I talked about it at the game in Orlando that it wasn't like we felt like that they were giving up plays because they were getting out schemed. They just didn't have guys that were fast enough to get to the edge. Yeah, they weren't good enough. They got to upgrade right. personnel overall. I do think they can teach certainly how to play zones very specifically better, and that improves when you get better quality players. But also, they they were at a loss back there some, and 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 I think. You're right. It wasn't dreadful. They shored up those mistakes, those dreadful mistakes where we would watch guys running 40 yards free. That was gone. They, they did make improvements. Um, I have other frustrations that you know involve the secondary specifically, and I, I, I think that will improve uh, with a change. I, I do believe that. But the point is I think there are lots of guys that can teach that, and that's why I would worry about this being a recruiting position more than I would a tactical or scheme position. I, yeah, I agree with you, Ira, in that sense. like The guy you bring in – I think a lot of people are hopeful that it's a guy that will have a real impact on the recruiting trail. It's cool to be here again, though, right? Like hearing Jeff like uh, hand-wringing about something like this that's pretty specific because three years ago, man, you were just looking for competence. Yeah. You just like, all right, just get somebody here that won't embarrass the program. Get some coaches that kind of know what they're doing. Get some players that want to be here and can play. And now you're to a point where you, you think you might pinpoint a couple of things in this program that are keeping you from being elite as opposed to just being average. Like you were just trying to get at to average two years ago. Mm-hmm. Heck, this year you were trying to get to a bowl game. And then you turn it into a 10-win season, and now all of a sudden you're talking about, okay, what what changes can be made to turn this program, this team from a good one to a great one as opposed to an awful one to an average one? And that was it's, – it's, it happens so quickly. It's crazy that we're here now hand-wringing about a secondary coach. 
when two years ago, it didn't. Who cares? Right. Yeah. 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 Try to play. Well, yeah. when the house is on fire, you're not too worried about the color of right. the drapes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to bring up uh, Kurt Sertzi's comment here. Yeah. Uh, can you guys address the need for increased strength and speed along the lines of scrimmage? Yeah. So what I did want to bring that up, or just I talk too, about though. that in general. I have a thought on that because. The reality is that does start with recruiting. I mean, it, it, that starts with the players you bring the in. The clay you're molding, yes. buddy. Yes. Yeah, I, I had a conversation with somebody on the strength staff recently about some of the guys they're bringing in through the portal. Now, again, these guys are later in their career, so you're not going to have them for four years or five years necessarily. But you, you're bringing in some guys that genetically are what you want to work with. And, and for a long time, Florida State has not had players – some of those guys, Florida State's been playing for the last three or four or five years on the offensive and defensive lines. Yes. Could work out from Nate from now till forever. Yeah. And they are what they are. Yeah. Genetics plays a big part. Yeah. As you upgrade the level of talent on your roster, then all of a sudden you're bigger, stronger, faster. It's it's you've got better players to work with. Remember when Leonard Hamilton's basketball teams, I know it's an unpopular subject right now in the midst of a terrible season, couldn't inbound the ball to save their right. life, then all of a sudden they were really good at it. Hmm, imagine that. They got better players <laughs> along the way. Yeah, it, it happens. Uh when your options change, it, obviously it changes your your possibilities. But I, I would also say, you know, as a parent, you think about the stages your kids go through, and everything's a stage. And you have to constantly remind yourself of that. Like when it's going well, you remind yourself that it's a stage because at some point there will be a dip and there will be some negative behavior that are, it's really tough to kind of deal with on a weekly or monthly basis. But then you remind yourself during that negative stage, it's just a stage. They'll come out of it. They'll get it figured out. They'll, their hormones will die down. They'll figure, you know, That's true of a football program, man. When you go from being really bad to average to pretty good, it gets harder and harder to see the obvious changes in a team's personality. It's the subtle things, Corey. It's the little things like let's shore up our back end here and be a little bit more diversified in the in our options defensively, what we can do and how we coach it. Let's see a better depth of talent on the offensive and defensive line. Well, that's, that's just adding players, getting stronger, getting better, and the quality of players you're bringing in allows you to have a higher ceiling. And it doesn't happen overnight. So... When you see a game in which maybe they're getting outclassed or they're getting outstrength or the numbers are thin and they're getting worn down, well, those are areas where you say, okay, well, that doesn't change just because I want it to. It takes two and three years for it to happen. It's not like they're not doing a good job from a nutritional standpoint right. or a workout standpoint. It's that they don't have enough quality depth to work with. So guys, the starters are strong enough and good enough. They get tired and the backups aren't strong enough or aren't ready yet or aren't good enough yet. And that's what's going to change as they continue to bring in like the guys we just saw. And and, and listen, now they have a little bit of depth because Fabian Lovett said, I'm coming back. Right. And you yeah. bring in the fist kid, right? And now all of a sudden, again, now you can have quality competition on a daily basis for a team that has high expectations. Corey, you say it all the time. It's one of the great Corey Clark sayings ever. How do you pick just one? You iron sharpens you, iron, guys. That, well, that is the one. Yeah, if you were going to pick one. I'm getting tired of that's the one that I keep getting. I, I've had so many great But that is the one. Your original yeah. idea that iron sharpens iron right. is the one we all latch on to. So right. now we're truly talking about daily practices in which we don't have a guy overwhelmingly superior to the guy across from him. 
Now we got real, let's get it on. We're going to see some nastiness at these practices. This is where the intensity ratchets up now because I want to play. I want to start. I've been out here for two years, and just because you bring this guy in doesn't mean I'm going to let him play. Screw him. And now here we go. Let's get it on, man. And it's all because you want to win a championship, but I want to be on the field on first and 10 for an important drive. I don't want that dude to be on the field. Let's get it on. They haven't had that in some time. How confident are you guys that they're going to be able to manage that part of just the player attitudes. This year, you know, nobody those guys could rally around each other because they knew nobody believed in them. Correct. Kumbaya. Nobody outside of that office or those football offices felt that this team was going to do anything close to what they did this year. So it's kind of easy to rally around that when that is gone and people now you do have expectations and now you do have guys who are getting talked about as all ACC or perhaps even all American coming back. How did do you feel confident that they will manage that part of it and the hunger will stay the same? I do because they can still remind them they haven't won a thing. Yeah, they're ten and three. They lost three games. And they, they didn't they, win they, they didn't win the conference. They haven't won anything. Yeah. I think where it gets hard is when you sustain success the way Alabama has or the way that Florida State did for fifteen years. You know, the way when when you are elite every year and the expectation is national championship or bust, you might see attitudes and egos and problems, especially if things don't go the way that you had planned them to. You lose a game you're not supposed to, and now you're out of the mix. Guys going through the motions. We see that with elite teams. But Florida State's not elite yet. They haven't no, achieved anything yet. But I think there's levels to it. I think it gets hard to do it the first time, and yes. then it gets hard to win a championship. Then after you win a championship, can you sustain it? Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's different, different levels, and some of those might be even harder. But this is something new. This is something new. I think the beauty of it, though, when you think about the wide receivers, let's say I'm just picking him as an example. Micah Pittman in the first two games next year has four catches for 15 yards and gets upset that he's not getting the targets that he wants. And I don't think Micah Pittman's that kid. It doesn't seem like he seems like he's a pretty selfless guy. I'm just using him as an example. And so he complains about it, whines about it, sulks about it. All right, man, Winston Wright can play. You, you, you know, you, you, you're not you're not invaluable to the point where you have to be on the field. I think you have enough of that depth in every position on offense, tight end, wide receiver, running back, that if you have somebody that's not happy, that's not giving it their all because they feel like they're not getting enough love, well, you got a guy right behind you that can play now. You know, Malik McLean, Kentron Portier, Hakeem Williams, Johnny Wilson, the tight ends. Like, you've got all these pass catchers, man. You're not going to make them all happy. You can't. So they have to be collectively happy for each other, or they're not going to get on the field. I yeah, think. if we're Corey, you're right, and, and we got to take a quick break. But if we're if you're going to circle a group that has somebody who who perhaps gets their nose out of joint, I, we got to start at running back. They I have 750 yeah. of them. There's yeah. no chance that two of those guys aren't going to be like, well, looking like I'm never going to play. I mean, they, <laughs> by by the numbers alone, you can't have this many running backs. I'm glad we do. It's a good problem to have, but I that's where I'm guessing we're going to see some. Uh, attitude adjustments or some frustration. Simple headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV continues in a moment. A moment. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. In the remaining eight minutes, hours flown past, wow. baby. Ooh, ooh. We got just eight. Just eight hey, minutes. shout out to Z-Chan, by the way. I, I didn't did. say thank you, but thank you. Well, no, we, we read his question. I just didn't say thank you, and I wanted to thank him for it. Thank yeah. you, Z-Chan. know that I'm, uh, I have a root canal coming up on Thursday. You're very excited. Are you going to go see Z-Chan for the uh, root canal? No, I should. I, I bet he'd give me a discount from what I'm having to pay, so, so uh, not not excited about it. So the it. procedure's on Thursday? Yeah. Are you going to get put under, like, on Wednesday? Like, how how what are the stages of, of anesthesia you need after, what, after your uh, reaction to a cleaning? Yeah, no, I I need to. I'm gonna drink all day Wednesday, and, and <laughs> get nice and drunk. dehydrated. Yeah, I'm gonna be drunk when I show up, and then they give me the gas. Hopefully, and I just go out like a light for an hour. Uh, my son is having a minor procedure uh, where he has to be under for surgery tomorrow. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm think we're shout out to Bryce as uh, he's I can tell a little nervous. Thinking about you, Bryce. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I figuring out content for tomorrow, guys. I want to give you a heads up. Not real sure. I'm not. Just to the audience, I, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I obviously want to be there for him while that's going on. So Tom and I are trying to work it out. We'll get something up on the old podcast at least. Uh, but but I'm going to be there for his uh, surgery. So it's it's, it's by, nothing awful. By the way, it's it's always fun to watch other parents parent. And uh, so I got a little glimpse at, at Jeff Cameron how he how he runs the ship when we were uh, in Orlando. Uh, Jeff was with Bryson Clark and yeah. we were walking back to the hotel and. Clark, you know, man, Clark's a kid. He's a, he's a, how old's Clark? 12. He's a 12 year old boy. So if you've been around 12 year old boys, Corey, you've been around a 12 year old boy, your, your son Brady, yeah. they don't always just kind of toe the line. No, they I don't. mean, that's they not don't. really their thing is 12 year old boys. Mm-hmm. And Jeff, man, is not having it. <laughs> is not, Bryce is like, Bryce has passed all that. Yeah. Bryce is just a, a, becoming a mature young man. Yeah. Well adjusted. Yeah. And uh, Clark's still a 12 year old boy. And so, Jeff, man, it's, uh, it's just funny because, I didn't raise boys, so I have a little different perspective. We got to beat him, Ira. I mean, you got <laughs> yeah. you got to beat him. Uh, it's no, awesome. I, 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 the way you're describing this is is apt, but I don't want people to get you the wrong. You I did not lay him. my hands you on Clark. You didn't hit him. <laughs> no, but but uh, but the tone, the tone, the tone was what you're referencing when he did something stupid. <laughs> and uh, and I, I I had to address the stupidity in the in the moment. We're and, thinking of you, Bryce. <laughs> yeah, Bryce was great. And, well, also though, you see the freedom the boys had in Orlando, right? Just yeah. run free, boys. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a safe world out there. Just uh, protect yourselves. You know <laughs> yeah, where Dad you were is. Harry Buffalo for two and a half hours, and I never saw. Them. They were running the streets. Yeah, yeah. yeah I told him, "Hey, you're gonna get bored here. Go check out the action. See what's going on. See if you can gamble with somebody. Go do something." <laughs> uh, but they, you know, what they ended up doing. They went over there to where Orlando plays. What is it? The Amway Center, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and they found the old NBA Jams game that is free for people who enter the building, and it was a non-game day, so they they were only two people there. They played NBA jams in the lobby for free for like an hour and a half and bet each nice. other on seven game series. And I thought that is awesome. Nice. Yeah. That's a good day. Yeah. I would have done that too. Hell, I'd done that right now. If I had known that was yeah, there, you and I would have been going to more the- NBA jams. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that said, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see about tomorrow's content. Anyhow, back to this content and what Florida State has in the way of expectations. Uh, I, I don't know. We've had several people ask about 
the Jared Verse situation. I, I said just a moment ago that I think that's going to turn out well for Florida State. As far as specifics of the hour in which that announcement is going to take place, well, I'm going to guess that the Seminole Headlines curse is going to take place today, guys, mm. in a good way. We are going to wrap up the show. There will be no news whatsoever. Uh, so when people go back and listen to this, it will seem dated because at, I don't know, 8 o'clock tonight, the rest of Seminole Nation will be celebrating Jared versus return, and we would not have talked about it. What would you recommend to Jared versus if, if, if Corey, if he called you this afternoon and asked you for advice, what do you think he should do? Well, as a as a member of WarChant.com, I'd say, buddy, you got to come back. What are you <laughs> yeah. doing? The NFL will always be there. What if it wasn't uh, for your affiliation with if, our website? If he was like my family? Yeah. Um, well, it depends on the grade, though, Corey. Answer that carefully. It depends on the yeah. grade, right? What if he I, finds what, out he's been second? What's the feedback he's getting? I think if he was told he's a surefire second-round pick, I would say, dude, I, you're only a sophomore. You've got even even risk injury. You can take out insurance policies, but you have a chance to be a top-ten pick next year. Well, there's a, there's a play he made in that Oklahoma game where he chases down the running back that gets around him on the edge. Uh, I think he ended up tackling him short of the, fourth, the first down, and they got it on the next play anyway. But – there's not, there aren't five defensive ends in the country that could have run that kid down. In the, in the, and obviously the sack he had at the end of the game. There's some special stuff in there that I think if he played a full injury, mostly injury-free year on a top-10 team, you're talking about a guy that could be talked about as an All-American, could be talked about as, a, as not only a first-round pick, but a top-10 pick. And now you're talking about the difference between $7 million, which who even wants $7 million? <laughs> I, what are we doing there? At that, some, I mean, give me a break. What's uh, the point? Well, what's the point? Or $25 million. That's an enormous difference. Um, and I think, and also he'd get paid to come back here. It's well, that's like the part that you got to bring up. Yeah, that's the part that's an additive to the conversation that we never used to have. Now it's that, hey, look, man, you, you can take out insurance, as you said. And let's say you got a mid second round grade and you do have the ability to jump millions, plural, of dollars if you have a good season and you come back and get drafted into the first round, which we all think he will uh, have a great season and come back and make it into the first round because he's knocking on the door right now. But the other part of that is you have a collective who's ponied up clearly uh, and made it possible for kids to, to weigh that option a little bit more uh, in-depthly and, and, and seriously. I mean, uh, you can't help but think, just throwing it out there, that that's a guy that would be one of the more highly paid roster retention players that we've seen in this offseason. I mean, he maybe not Jordan Travis money, but pretty close, right? So if that's the case, we know that basically that's over $100,000. I'll just leave it at that. It's well over $100,000. That's a that's a nice viable option to fall back on if you come back for a season. Let's say it's $500,000, yeah, you know, which the it one, very well may be. The one area where cheating SEC coaches were missing out for all those years yeah. is like they were steady paying high school players, bag, getting bag men, Roster retention, baby. To, to bring in recruits. You didn't have enough of that. Like when the guys were thinking about going pro, where was that cheating? Like why, why yeah. were they doing that back in the day? That's, they that's didn't where have, the game is, Ira. The yeah. proven commodities right. is where the game is. And I also can't wait till next year in the parking lot outside the Moore Center where it's going to look like an NFL parking lot. There's going to be Lambos, <laughs> Ferraris, <laughs> electric Porsches. Like it's going to look, it's going to be incredible. It's going to look like a classic car lot. Or maybe we're wrong. Do you think like when Joe Kim Noah and that whole group came back at Florida, do you think that they were there were incentives to Paid come handsomely? Back? Do you think? It would have been a wise, happening? it would have been a very wise investment for all involved. 
If you are a Florida alumnus who cares deeply about championships and you paid that team to come back, look at that. You won another one. Uh, if you're Billy Donovan and you wanted to elevate your stock, reach into your yeah. wallet, baby. Let's Billy go. Donovan's the one that should be paying. Maybe Norvell's <laughs> paying Travis and Verse. Adam Fuller should pay Verse. And also, um, I bring this up all the time, but people hear like $500,000 compared to whatever, $4 million. Understand that Jared Verse gets to live rent-free and gets to be fed for free. You yeah, get lodging yeah. and food for free. Well, and also, That's- he already has a deal with a local car dealership, so yeah. his car yeah. is free too. Right. He's not so- paying for he's not paying for his car. He's not paying for housing. He's not paying for food. Corey will pay for his gas. I mean, hell, five hundred thousand dollars will get you a long way when you don't have bills. Exactly. <laughs> there are no bills to pay. There's yeah. no electric bills. No mortgage. No nothing. Bills. Yeah. Plus, plus, he. You know, again, I just think that he's a guy. He has so much upside if he polishes things up to some degree, like Johnny Wilson. That those yeah. are guys that if they, there are things that they can do to become elite draft picks, and, and that's the difference between Jamie and Fabian, right? Jamie Robinson, what else could he prove? Right. I don't think Fabian love it necessarily. He he is guaranteed of getting paid to pay play football next this next next year. Jamie, it, it, so I, I think that I know there are different examples. But Jamie Robinson had nothing left to prove. I don't think he could have played his way into any. It would have made zero sense for back. Jamie Robinson to come back. Zero. I was Fabian happy Lovett, when he announced it. Fabian Lovett can come back and, and increase and enhance his stock. But what's his his ceiling might only be third or fourth round. No matter if he leaves this year or next year. That's Jared, a Jared Verse has a higher ceiling than anybody in By the And it's not close. It's not close. So that Fabian Lovett gets again gets paid to play football and gets to live rent free <laughs> for you. That, Good work, Matthew. Good work, Kevin, Kevin Johnson. Kevin, you win, buddy. That is really good. Uh, <laughs> and, and on that note, I'll turn Corey off. I'll turn Ira off. We'll go to break. We'll answer questions. But Kevin writes, Corey will pay for his gas if Jared promises to accompany him on all gas station visits in town. I need it. <laughs> he is definitely afraid to get gas if it's dusk or later. That is the end of it for him. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with. Some of the headlines returns in a moment.